Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store for you. It's still February, so Couples Month is still going strong here at That Sounds Fun, which just means we have pairs of guests instead of individuals. And just a reminder, my new book called That Sounds Fun is available wherever you love to buy books. You guys have been so kind throughout the launch of this book. And if you've already read it, I'd love for you to write a review and share about it on social media. It truly means the world to me. So thank you. Today's guests were also on our TSF Couples series in 2019. So you can go back to listen to that episode. But a lot has changed for Mac and Meredith Brock. And I absolutely love what we got to talk about today. Mac had a new album come out this fall called Space and has a new EP that just released called Cafe Sessions. And Meredith is a literary agent for Compel Books and the executive director of strategy and business development at Proverbs 31 Ministries. But overall, they are two of my dearest friends who have made some really brave choices in the last couple of years, and I wanted you to hear about it. So here is my conversation with Mac and Meredith Brock. Okay, let's jump in. Brock's your back on That Sounds Fun, as it should be. Yes, come on. It's just about time. Listen, I've got a very important question to ask you. It may take you a minute to think of the answer. <laughs> We've been talking about it on Annie and Eddie Keep Talking, about our Venn diagram of fashion. If you are in between two stores, kind of a bougie store and a not bougie store. So my example, I am the Venn diagram of Faraday's brand and Target. Right, so I don't even know what I'm not bougie enough to know what Faraday's is. Exactly, it's like a beachy brand, so it's fine. So, what are your two like? What are the two stores you buy clothes from the most? All right, so I guess mine would be like vintage tees. Yeah, Uh currently wearing. Hold on, wait for it. (gasps) You see who that is? Amy. Amy is it? Well done. That's because I have a buddy that like does that. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah, so the Venn diagram for me would be vintage tees. Okay. And then T-shirts I get from churches that I play at. <laughs> <laughs> so your two are like very bougie T-shirts or very free T-shirts. Yes. So we're staying in T-shirts all the time. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. All okay. the time. That's, Mayor, that's what's yours? Funny. You know, honestly, Annie, I there's nothing. Target and Old Navy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels right. There's nothing bougie in me. Target is bougie for me. Okay. okay, if that is true, then let me compliment you, because if that is true, you are incredibly stylish. Oh, wow. Well. So you must be finding things that I'm not finding at Old Navy and Target. I just want you to know, right now, everything that I'm wearing is Target. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that she's is half of my diagram. Yeah, she's looking fine <laughs> in that outfit. Let's talk about couples month. Um, I, okay, th- I'm glad to know. I just have really enjoyed hearing people's Venn diagrams. Yeah. As you can imagine, it's fascinating. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. love that question. I feel like it's ri- that the way Mac described him hel- himself it couldn't be more appropriate because the amount of T-shirts we have in this house uh, is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I'm the type that I can't. I'm the type that I'm like, I might wear that again one day, so I Maybe. can't throw it out. Oh, 16 right. So it's just going to go on the top of my closet. <laughs> yes. and then But then there's the Amy Grant shirt that you're like, you could have so- thrown that away. But now you're like, no, Brought that's back. so rad. Yeah. Yes. That's how I feel about my eighth grade Birkenstocks. I'm like, why did I ever <laughs> yeah. get rid of my eighth? Yeah. They were so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And now here now we are 20 back. years later. And you can and wear back. them with socks now. Right. I didn't know you could later, wear Birkenstocks with socks. I mean, oh, yeah. cool. That's the thing. Oh, I'm in. I am some, into that. Some would that. say, <laughs> some would say, Mayor, be, pump the brakes and do a little Instagram research before you <laughs> yeah. your husband. But, Mac, the problem is one of the things Eddie and I are doing with the Venn diagrams of fashion is we're guessing the age of the person. Mm. And I'm afraid to tell you that yours, I might have guessed like 14. <laughs> <laughs> Like youth group tees, yeah. vintage tees. Yeah. That kid is a 14-year-old member of a band. You know, the, I'll, take that, band. I'll take that label with pride. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, okay, you guys, pandemic, tell me how you're doing. We haven't, I mean, we've talked in Ooh. real life, but we haven't talked on a microphone. Yeah. yeah. Here we are on the other side, question mark? Kind of. Not really. Ooh, nobody we're knows. We're on us side. We're, we're on a know. side yeah. of it. <laughs> I mean, Mac, you were supposed to be touring. It Mm, was, I mean, what has it been like the last year? You know, obviously back in the spring, everything was shut down. uh, And that was chaotic and crazy. And I've never been home 
Like since we've gotten married, I've never been home that much. Like in 15 years. <laughs> We've wow. never spent this amount of time together. <laughs> yeah. A little bit freaked out about that. Because we've always traveled from the time <laughs> yes. we met each other. So, um, whoa. But honestly, you know, it was it was a sweet time for us, sweet yeah. time for the family. I, I didn't go stir crazy. I would have my moments that I'd have to put my AirPods in and just yeah. go for a walk around the neighborhood <laughs> or something yes. by myself. Yeah. But, uh, but since then, I mean... Th- since like the summer, pretty much, uh, I started working on a record mm-hmm. and then kind of my, uh, I started getting the chance just to lead worship, like one-offs and stuff, you know, and so oh, okay. tra- traveling a little bit more on the weekends, or maybe it was like an online conference or something that they were streaming or a half capacity type thing. So wound up starting, started to do a lot of that. And the Meredith's work has been kind of the same. It's just all yeah. transitioned to home. Yeah. Yeah, And so we feel like at least starting in the fall, like our little world or bubble of a world has kind of been back to normal a little bit mm-hmm. for us. Really? Which has okay. been nice. Yeah. Uh, our kids go to a private school and they just have really strict guidelines and yeah. they went back to school in the fall. So we kind of got back into the rhythm of things, which has Kind of. I mean, we're still yeah. very contained to it still our home feels isolated, and the you people know? Yeah. that we see, but it still feels super isolated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's not. But there've been but there've been pockets of normalcy. Yeah. in our yeah. world. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we've been grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you know about each other that you didn't know a year ago. I mean, a big part of this year is we became foster parents. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and so we had a little foster. A little boy move in with us uh, back in July. And I would say that maybe we've learned how to navigate all the chaos that comes yeah. along with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't know. I mean, that's kind of a cop out to just say, ah, I didn't know we could handle three kids now. Yeah. yeah. But that is true, I think, out. for mm-hmm. us. And that's like, that's been like a big win, I guess, mm-hmm. for our family is like seeing like, okay, we can do this. Our kids like stepped up to the plate too and like are like really involved with our foster son's life and a part of his schedule and what that looks like. And so that was something that I didn't know that we had quite in us yet. I I think that is a great uh, example. I think that knowing we could do three kids and foster care, the ups and downs of foster care um, have been kind of hard, you know, and there have been moments where you know, we're good. And then there's other days where literally I've bawled my eyes out because it just is hard. So I think that's been good. It's been very like strengthening for us, for our unit. Like we can do this. We can do hard things together. We can do happy things together. We can, you know, we can have the hard conversations about, you know, what it's going to look like with our kids when he goes back to his family, you know, and even though we've had him for seven months now, to say goodbye to of somebody. his year of life, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's yeah. been. So y'all have had him for seven months out of twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Today's his birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he turned one today. I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah. It's so, yeah. so sweet. sweet. Um, but it's hard because you grow attached and you see your kids. Will he growing. go back, Mayor? Yeah, we're yeah. Okay. we're moving. Maybe not to his parents, but to a family member. Yeah, to a family is what member. It's and, like. and so we're prepping for that, and we know that that's coming. So prepping the kids for that. And, and I didn't know that we could do that. that's always the goal, right? I mean, yeah. really, yes. of it, course. when you're in foster care, you're, you, you hope that they are able to go back to their family. Yeah, yeah. that reconciliation. Yes, is yeah. the goal. But I didn't How know you, that we could do it, to be honest. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. saying is like, theoretically in my mind, I was like, oh, we can do this. We can do hard things. And it was just two weeks ago, we realized the ball is rolling. He's going mm. back. You know, he's going okay. to. And yeah. I fell apart. I mean, I couldn't even get the words yes. out of my mouth. It took me a while. But then to see us kind of cross the bridge, especially with our kids, to like, okay, yeah, we can. Yeah. We can do this. Like, we can yeah. love him completely without a band, like completely, absolutely love him and also let him go and let the Lord do what he's going to do in his life. So I think that's been a really, really big one. We also learned that we really are introverts because during (laughs) quarantine, yeah, during quarantine, we were also like, this is how introverted we are. There were days where we, I was like, Hey, do you need some alone time? Cause I need some alone time. Yeah. Why don't you go to the bedroom? I'll hang in the living room. So he would watch a show in in the living room and I would watch a show in the bedroom. And it was, we were 
cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we need that. You made space. We need that space. We do. We yeah. need that's space. That's why I called my album that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're like, this is about what space. the words I said the most. It's, in the a, du- it's a double meaning. Space. Yeah. Um, my friends, Eric and Amanda Carpenter, are also foster parents. And one of the things she says a lot is get too attached. Yeah. Yes. And, Amen. And so I, I would love for you to talk. So many of our friends listening are hopeful to be foster parents or are foster parents. And that is a fear I would imagine a lot mm-hmm. of people have, especially when you already have two kids in the home that are your natural born kids. You've got y'all with your big hearts. God's involved. And yeah. I every time God gets involved in relationships for me, they get more important and they yeah. have more, you know. Right. And and so talk about getting too attached to Z and what mm-hmm. it's what happens now. How do you transfer, especially your kids' hearts? Right. How do you do this? Yeah. Meredith shared a quote with me. This was early on when uh, Z came to live with us. And it was from it was written from a a boy an who adult, had been in foster care. But it but he had okay. been in foster care when he was a kid. And basically I, I I'm gonna butcher the quote unless you know it. I know oh, it. Oh, she knows it verbatim. So <laughs> because we get this question y'all. a lot, Annie. I think people say, Man, how are you? I don't think I could ever do that because I just think my heart would get broken. I'd get too attached and then my heart would get broken and it would be too hard. And this is a pretty heavy quote, but I play it in my mind on a regular basis. And this former foster care boy who has now grown up and has his own family said, um, well, you have to realize that all love will end in loss. And Mm -hmm. I was like, it's true. Whether that means you you pass away, you fall in love as a married couple and you grow up and the other one passes away or someone that you love moves away. All Even love. your children growing your up children, and leaving. It all you know. ends in loss. And so you have to determine, like, am I going to hold back just because I'm afraid of that loss or am I going to lean in to that loss, yeah. you know? and and So even that was like a light switch moment, mm-hmm. I think, for both of us of looking at it that way and just kind of, I mean, looking at a lot of our life that way when you think about it. Because it's all open-handed, right? right? I mean, that's right. what we're supposed to be. Don't You can't, you hold on and you can't even take in anymore, you know? But if you open your hands and allow more to enter into your life, you can give What more. made you decide to foster in the first place? Uh, th- it was something that we talked about. We've, we've talked about adoption. We've talked, you know, kind of gone through that, just a lot of those conversations and ultimately uh, felt like the Lord place it in our hearts to, yeah. to try out fostering. We, you know, I mean, we don't, didn't know much about it right. <laughs> going into it. And, and in all reality, I was like really spooked by the idea. Mm-hmm. I think because I, the only thing about like foster care that I know or knew was like from TVs and movies. And right, right. it felt like a really gnarly system in my mind. Like, Oh, this is rough, and and this is like, and you have no control. Like it's like little and these kids Annie. are just going to show like up like at your that, house and be crazy, you know, like, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that vibe. Right. And I was like, this is going to be crazy. But just even as soon as we started taking the classes, you know, like the prep classes and and reading the books that they give you, man, it really opened my eyes up to like the reality of like what foster care can be. Helped shake off a little bit of like those nerves for me, yeah. and yeah. and so. We honestly, I would say the biggest thing for us was just like all the little yeses that led up to it. Mm. I don't think for us it was ever like, all right, we're going to do foster care. Let's start the process now. In a year from now, we'll be foster parents. It was very much like, hey, I think that this might be a good thing for our family. Let's say yes and start taking the classes. Yeah. Okay, we took the classes. Let's say yes and let's do a home study. Yeah. Okay, you know, and it just kind of like, led to the path of eventually like getting licensed and then you get you wait you wait yeah until they call and you, you get calls <laughs> and and we and we probably got like seven calls before Z came to live with us of like hey here's the situation and we'd be like Okay, yes. We say yes to this. And then something would happen. We, we've learned wow. through we the process We said yes to that, probably yeah, like five of those five or seven. Six. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. And we've just learned in the process that that's part of it, that, yeah. you know, someone might step up, a family member, and say, hey, they can come stay with us. Or, you know, there's a lot of, there might be checking in with several different families to say, hey, are you available? Would you be willing? Here's the scenario. Yeah. And then they, the child ends up where it's supposed to go.
Hey friends, taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners at Third Love. Gosh, I just cannot say enough good things about my Third Love bras. Yes, plural, I have multiple. And here's why I love them so much. They're designed using the measurements of millions of women. So they provide the perfect fit, all day comfort and support. Third Love features more than 80 sizes, which means you're sure to find one that's right for you. Every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch-free band. The team at Third Love knows how tricky bra shopping can be. So if you're not sure about your size, they created this online fit finder quiz just for you. You simply answer a few quick questions to find your perfect fit. I've taken the quiz along with like 16 million other women and it's easy and fun and very helpful. Third Love stands behind their products with their perfect fit promise. And if you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists can be reached via chat or email to answer all of your questions. I think that's so great. And they've got people to make your bra buying experience as easy as possible. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for every woman. So right now they are offering my friends 20% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 20% off today. And now back to the conversation with Mac and Meredith. Meredith, talk a little bit about that because I think I'm thinking about our friends listening and people who are going, well, Max said y'all knew that God was calling you to do that. Like you just knew. And so you started taking the steps. What did that feel like? So someone's listening and they go, yeah, maybe I want to do that. I should say that Meredith knew and had a lot of conversations with me about it. And I was like, uh. Yeah, I knew. I've known that I've, to be totally honest, Annie, I knew, and you know my background. I come from a really chaotic, broken family. I had a couple step into my life at 17 and completely change my whole world. And so I've always like had this heart of like, the Lord has given so much to us, so much, and I don't ever want to hold on to it. I want it to give it away, give it away. Our home, our space, our time, like, well, I'll, I want to give it away. And so I knew, or like, before we had kids, I wanted to be fostered foster family. But I was like, okay. Lord's going to work on him in his time. And I'm not, he didn't even want to have children. Like, yeah, or I, never wanted well, to have kids. That's a harsh kids. way to say it. I was just like it's content. True. I yeah. was content. But I knew that- One day our kids are going to listen to this thing. I know, but I want them to hear this because this is the important part is that I, I knew when we were dating that Mac didn't want to have kids. But I wow. also knew his character and I knew his commitment and his relationship with the Lord. And so I said, okay, Lord, I love this man. I believe that you, this is the one that I'm supposed to marry. And if we are to have children, you will change his heart. Because, and Mm -hmm. we, it it was a long, we were married five years before we had kids. And I saw exactly that. He was like, I don't know, but I'll pray about it. I don't know, but I'll pray about it. And I just saw the Lord change his heart. So I was like, he, you know, and now I got two kids, y'all. I just want everybody to know I have two. So I'm doing doing all right. And then I was like, and now can we do foster care? And if the Lord will open your heart to it, then I know that that's what our family is called to do, you know? And so we really did just step into it. Like, kind of sounds like she's like a master manipulator. No, I just pray. I, my prayers <laughs> no. are powerful. She's not, a puppeteer, a <laughs> yeah. puppeteer. I'm a, the power of a praying wife, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly right? Yeah, uh-huh. Anyway, so as I really was like, babe, we, we had friends that were foster parents too, and that helped because he saw them and he was like, this is not crazy or weird, you know, like this is, and yeah. I was like, can we go to Actually, this? I think my first response, I was like, why would they do this to themselves? He did. He They're s- so busy already. <laughs> why are they doing this? And then I got to actually see it up yeah. close. And like, you know, when we would do things together, I got to just see what it was like. And that honestly changed so much in my own spirit. Yeah. And then we just really went to like an informational class and it just was like, yeah. okay, yeah. this doesn't seem as crazy as we thought. And if we trust that the Lord will give us the wisdom and time and energy we need to do what his word said, which is to care for orphans, then we'll go for it. We'll yep. do it. So Mac, how do you feel now after Z's been with y'all for seven months? Like what, what do you think of it all now? I mean, it's awesome. Uh, I remember telling Meredith early on, I was like, this honestly feels, you know, we talk a lot about like when you say yes to God, like he'll strengthen or he'll expand your bandwidth and you know, your capacity and all this stuff. And, and, 
as maybe cliche as that sounds, like that that was the case for us. And it yeah. didn't feel overwhelming having a baby in the house. It didn't feel overwhelming all the scheduling to transport him to daycare to do. <laughs> or to his doctor's appointments sure. or all that stuff. Like it felt it's it's uh added to your schedule. It's like added stress, added chaos, but it didn't feel overwhelming. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me is just even been to see the impact it's had on our kids. Yeah. And to see, you know, we were real upfront about, you know, Cyrus is like the star of our family. <laughs> And she is like, as much as she's the star of my Instagram page, she is that in our family. And just yes. like, you know, everybody, we all just like adore her. And we're like, she's probably going to have some issues. This is going to be hard for her because she's attention. not the baby yeah. anymore. You know, she's not yeah. the, the baby. She's and not, I was like, this is going to be good for her girlfriend. Yeah. that need to be yeah. the center of attention all the time. And honestly, <laughs> we didn't even experience that. Yeah. Like we did the very first night. And since yeah. then, like even seeing her mature and her kind of like, just fall in love with Z and like dote over him and try to help us with him and yeah, and to yeah. see Harvey, our you know nine year old son, step up and just they've been so active and so a part of this. It hasn't been something that me and Meredith are doing. Yeah, and our kids are like bystanders. Yeah, just witnessing it. They've been this is what deeply our deeply doing. involved, and yeah. it's like feels like this is our family. This is what our family's doing, and that's been. Just such a blessing to us. You tell well, Annie, I'm going to make him tell you something. Uh, so we, like I said, we found out like two weeks ago that we're going to start the transition. Most yeah. likely things change so fast in foster care that, right. whoa. And that has been hard. Like I said, that was hard for me because I just was yeah. like, whoa. And I was mostly concerned about the kids, to be honest. Like I was sad for myself, but I knew just like Mac was saying how much Cyrus and Harvey have grown so attached. And I was like, oh, this is going to break my heart. I'm going to have to drive this baby to an office in a baby mm -hmm. carrier and hand him over for the last time. And we'll, we'll never know what happens to right. him, you know? Yeah. And I was crushed. And so we've been, I was like, we got to start talking about this. So we started talking about it. And just last night, oh, yeah. Mac and Harvey were having a conversation and I just. Oh. And this was super sweet. And it, I felt like it helped just even me and Meredith. It really did. Because uh, <laughs> I was, you know, we were, we were talking to him at bedtime, sitting in his bed and, and we were praying and then I was telling, we were talking about Z and how, you know, we had this big meeting coming up to determine when he'll go to be with his biological family. And Harvey just said, when I get sad about it, I think about now we're going to have the opportunity to open up our home to somebody else. And that helps me not be sad anymore. <laughs> and it was like such a, yeah, me too, son. You know, like, <laughs> and, but it, you know, even that perspective imparting that to our kids has been mm. just a really cool thing to see. Yeah, it's been good. One of the things I've watched up close with y'all is it feels like when God calls y'all to something, you immediately get Harvey and Cyrus involved in that. Like, I, it just feels like y'all do things. Y'all don't have like adult Jesus and kid <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Y'all just like have Jesus. I forget where we, um, where we even learned that it might have been, I think, when we were doing like uh, one of the things like in the foster care class that we were learning. And even when we started this process, we didn't go to our kids and say, hey, we've decided to do foster care. We went to them and said, hey, your mom and I have been talking about potentially doing this. Um, well, There's our cat just cat jumped up in my lap. <laughs> Joining the conversation. The cat's like, you haven't even brought me home yet. <laughs> Excuse me. And we're 20 minutes in. I'm part of this family too. Um, but we told them, we, we went to them and said, what would y'all think if we did this? Mm -hmm. And what, what are your concerns about this? And we kind of made it, a, even though we knew that this is where we're going and what yeah. we're planning on doing, the conversation that we had with our kids was very much let them also make the decision with us mm -hmm. so that it's not just something that we're putting on them, but it's something they're kind of embracing from the start. Yeah. And I would say, Annie, I feel like the foster care picture and the decisions we made there are like a perfect example, like is a good crystal clear example of that. But I would say from the beginning, our parenting style with our kids, um, not that we're non-authoritarian, because when I tell my child, pick up your shoes and put them <laughs> in that basket, they will pick them up right. and put them in the basket. Um, so it's not loosey-goosey, but I think right. we've always been very like 
encourage them to think for themselves to get to the best outcome, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we enter, we help them enter into healthy thinking and healthy like processing rather than just saying, this is how you should think. And this is how you should be feeling right now because we want them to be able to do that as adults. And so I look back on even, you know, small, small things in our family, like, you know, uh, where we're going to go for spring break, you know, like we have conversations about it rather than just, you know, or, um, you know, we Mac, believe it or not, just had the old sex talk with Harvey. He's nine. (gasps) Oh yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Um, but I'll go, (laughs) yeah, yes, he's there. Um, but I even think about the way that that conversation was had, that we talk about things very openly and it's Mm -hmm. not the parents are over here and the kids are over here. We're a unit. And we're moving together through life, you know? And so there's not a whole lot of separateness, I would say, in terms of... I feel that. I mean, being friends with y'all, I feel that when you talk about Harvey and Cyrus and when you talk about what y'all are doing. I have a lot of friends with kids, and y'all are one of the top ones to me of people who, like, make it... a unit yeah. like y'all are like a unit mm. yeah. and, and I've noticed that a lot I think it's also might be birthed out of we both have chaotic jobs that aren't <laughs> yeah Typical. normal They're day-to-day not, yeah. jo- type jobs and so we've you know there are times that I'm gone a lot or like if I'm on tour and I'm gone like three weeks in a row or something like that just even having those conversations of like kind of mentally bringing them on the journey with me that when I go out to lead worship, they're a part of that too. They're a part of that ministry or whatever it might look like. We just tried, we've always tried to have that mentality. And I think casting vision for them, like a a perfect example would be Matt going out on tour. I, we could very easily say there's two options that you could present that to your children. One, dad's going on tour. He's going to be gone for three weeks. Um, I'm going to need you to be a big kid. Okay. And like, deal with it because I don't, you know, you just, this is dad's job. Get over it, you know, or you could say dad's going on tour and he, wow, you guys look at what he gets to do. We're a part of that. And let's, let's call him and let's every night, like I'll look on Instagram and show him and look, Oh, look what dad did. You know, like look what's and pulling them in and, and casting vision for who our family is and what we do rather than, can you please just sit down and be quiet and do what I asked? (laughs) You know, now some days that's how I feel, (laughs) (laughs) but I think intentionally (laughs) casting vision for your children when you're able, I think is what sets that tone, you know? And I mean, I think that is that sentence casting vision for your children when you're able is fits whether you're a teacher and a doctor yeah. or a what do you call your job, Meredith? <laughs> you're in everything and a musician. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're in everything at Proverbs 31 and a worship leader musician. Yeah. <laughs> um, all of a sudden I was like, I don't know what words to use here because she just does everything over yeah. there. So I, it's a lot. Yeah, I, I just either. think y'all do fine. That we really don't need to untangle it. <laughs> Mac, last year when you were writing the Space album, I mean, that's happening all during the pandemic. You're home, kids are home. Yeah. What does it look like to do your job? I mean, they can't, you can't be like, Harvey, tell me the four words that should be in this song. Right. But like, you've got to do your job. They have to do Zoom school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, how do you, how, how was it doing that whole thing with them in the room? Well, the first thing I did was I installed these doors in the back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That just Those weren't be- there. <laughs> oh, that was just an, so the room had like an open, yep. a big open wall. And so I had to get those doors. in there pretty quick yeah, early yeah, on. Because yeah, yeah. on the other side of those doors is the kitchen table. Right. That and so that's not going to work. No. <laughs> the space album and the cafe sessions both happened yes. during COVID. Yes. yes. Um, wow. We would just, we'd figure it out, you know, and, and, one of the things that I feel like Meredith and I have learned the hard way and, and we've had to get good at is communicating our schedule constantly with each yeah. other. Oh, almost putting, every night. And just putting stuff on the calendar. Yeah. But we would have to, instead of like just putting on the calendar when we're like trying to go on a date or doing, you know, I'm going out of town, we would start, I would say like, hey, we have like, I have a writing session from this time to this time. Either the kids can need to play upstairs or, you know, we would just have to find ways to navigate all and it the was, schedule. Annie, it was complicated, it was tough, yeah. friend, because he would have a right 
writing session from like 12 to four, but then I have my executive team meeting at two o'clock <laughs> in the middle of that. And I have to be focused from two to four. And so we just, we really did. We also, at the time, this was a huge blessing. We would have never known that we, this was going to be such a blessing, but, but re- before COVID happened, we had this sweet, um, 20 something move in with us. Um, shout out she, to Maddie, Maddie Vincent, yeah. um, who lived upstairs and she became like, lifesaver. I, I know. And y'all had she known, like, let's just pause for a moment. If you're 20 something <laughs> years you old right. and you're like, I'm going to move in with this couple for just like a short season so I can she's like, stuck with us. and then, she and then escape. COVID hits <laughs> Literally and stuck. she, like, is, she yeah. is like stuck. medically stopped. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. And that like, wow, did we become close real fast? But, okay. But y'all always let people live in your house. Like yeah, that's this your is thing. True. Right. We love it. That's why the house that we, we moved into this house a year ago and we were like, okay, we yeah. need room for someone who needs a place to live always, whether that's a 20 something or someone who's gone through a nasty divorce or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we need a room for a foster kid. And so we were, that's where we're at. And we're grateful for it. Right now we have an open room. There's a vacancy folks. Um, Maddie <laughs> has moved out. So uh, we're in search of the next uh, victim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slide into her DMs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, don't talk to Max. <laughs> hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Rothy's. Let's keep walking forward through this new year with our comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags from Rothy's. You've heard me talk about this incredible company making stylish, sustainable shoes and bags before. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. I found the whole process completely fascinating. Rothy's shoes are incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period thanks to their seamlessly knit-to-shape design. They have so many styles to choose from, basically a pair to go with every outfit. It's no surprise that Rothy's best-selling shoe, The Point in Black, has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews, y'all. Rothy's are available in a range of styles and come in an ever-changing variety of colors, prints, and patterns. Rothy's shoes are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles, so they're ultra-comfortable as soon as you slip them on. And my pair of high-top Rothy's slip on so easily and are so cute. I feel like a million bucks every time I wear them. Another major bonus, Rothy's are fully machine washable. Simply toss them in the washing machine whenever they need a refresh. And sustainability is super important to them. I know it is to us as well. And so they consider sustainability in every step of their process, from innovative manufacturing methods to their planet-friendly materials. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash sounds fun. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash Sounds fun. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash sounds fun today. And now back to finish this conversation with Mac and Meredith. Mac, talk about cafe sessions and space a little bit. Cafe sessions just came out this month. Yes. Right, yeah. It's it and shares a release week with a very important book. Oh, but that sounds fun. We're twinsies. Come yes. on, yes. It's just what I like. The soundtrack I mean, to the reading of that sounds. That's fun. it. I mean, really, when I heard Cafe Sessions, I thought this this has the same feel to me in a lot of ways. Of that sounds fun. In that. We both were still working on these projects when the world changed. Yeah. And so it has that feel of, I'm right here with you. This isn't me telling you platitudes that don't work anymore. Right. Right. And and so I'm so thankful for that, Mac. I'm so thankful that you gave us songs of worship from the middle of the world we're actually Mm -hmm. living in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. What was that like when you were working on that? How did you, how is this writing different than your other stuff? I mean... A basic reality is just like writing on Zoom was like kind of a new thing for Mm -hmm. me. And it's tough because you have these weird lags. Because like when you're in a writing room, like with other people, especially if you're writing a worship song, you feel feed off like just the energy of like what what's happening, like in the actual atmosphere of that room. It's so special and important. And so kind of navigating how to do that virtually is a little bit awkward and weird. But it also gave the chance to write with a lot of friends that are across the country that I don't get to write with as Mm -hmm. often or, you know, I'm not able to like visit with. And so pros and cons. But, you know, I think 
it changed a little bit of the tone of like what we were writing about, changed a little bit of, of what my heart was like. You know, one of the things that I feel like we learned, especially in the spring when like everything was shut down is like, I'm going to choose to worship God, not because I'm in a room and that's what everybody else is doing. Mm. We have a worship leader, we have a worship band, but I'm going to choose to do that today in my living room, in my studio. And that's going to be my offering, you know? Mm-hmm. And and we all had to just kind of reset to that mentality a little bit. And so I think that that set a lot of the tone for a lot of these songs. Mac, this is a deep question. So I'm ready for your answer. <laughs> what is God saying to the church this year? I don't totally know. I don't I don't feel qualified to <laughs> to try to say like, oh, this is what I think is uh Well, just tell happening. me what you think. I mean, you're writing the worship songs that we're going to be singing mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings. What yeah. are the themes? I don't know. I think that there's probably several things going on. Okay. I think I think one I think God is reminding us of his consistency. Mm-hmm. And that he is the same, whatever is going on in the world, whatever's going on in the church, whatever trends are popping or whatever, you know, it's kind of like moving out like God is the same and, and he mm-hmm. stays the same and he's going to keep doing what he does no matter what our circumstances mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. I think like that's just like a solid reminder and a solid like, okay, that helps me. That that helps yeah. ease my spirit, my my anxious heart, you know, yeah. that, that God is the same. And then, but I do think that there's probably like just even some realities of, of that God is also reminding us that he, he isn't limited to our structure of the way that kind of like, like I said, like we worship him or we do church or whatever. And, and he is beyond, like he transcends all that stuff. And so we can kind of just trust in that. Mm, That's good. Meredith, you've uh, I'm going to get you to explain this, too, for our friends about the boot camp that y'all have been doing in Proverbs 31. But you've also read a ton of book proposals in the last <laughs> a ton. six. I mean, a ton of book proposals. More than you could possibly imagine, <laughs> I Annie. Yeah. I, I actually can't imagine. And I bless you. And I that wish you well. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. I because actually it love like it. I love it. <laughs> so, but what we always see happen in publishing, mm. we see themes happen in publishing. Oh my! Are yes. you seeing themes happen in the books that women are writing or wanting to be writing? Yeah, man, that's such a that's a great question, Annie. So, I'll give everybody a little bit of a background. Lisa Turkhurst yes. and I launched this thing called the Book Proposal Boot Camp, where we partnered up with Harper Collins and Nelson Books to our goal. And really, it's the heart of Lisa. I love that this is what the Lord has put on her heart is she said early on, God, if I'm ever successful at this whole publishing thing, um, she tells the story of how she like turned in like 20, she got denied like 20 something times on book proposals. Um, and she just felt like she was always bumping up against a closed door. And like, there were all these secrets that nobody was going to tell so that you could ever get published. And so she said, if I ever do, I want to tell all my secrets so that we, this is a level playing field. Nobody else can get to it more than anybody else. And so, um, with that and kind of my experience as her literary agent, we decided let's do this thing. And so Harper Collins came to us and said, will you help us kind of find, the next voices, you know, and help us bring to the surface people that probably would have been hidden because maybe they don't have a big enough social media platform yet. And it would take them 15, 10 years to get that platform built. Help us find them early so that we can push them forward. And so we opened up the book proposal boot camp. Um, We only take 100 people at a time to be able to kind of coach them. I know, right? <laughs> so many um, book proposals to read, my gosh. Right? But they're awesome. And we have coaches that help us along the way. And so we give them, they ha- you have to apply, you have to show like a valid book idea and all this stuff. And so at the end of it, we get to read through a hundred proposals and pray <laughs> through. And I know it sounds like a nightmare for people. Mac made a joke the other day because I came home. I went away for the weekend. Mac stayed yeah. home with the kids. I went away for the weekend and I was like, I got to get through these proposals because I need. it's time for me to submit them to Nelson Books and they determine yeah. who gets the contracts. Um, so I went away and was reading book proposals all weekend long. And I came home and he said to our son, Harvey, isn't it weird that mom mom's job is to read all the time? So she reads all the time. And then when she goes on vacation, she reads some more. <laughs> and it's true. I just like to read, so I don't mind. But when 
the themes that I think we had this conversation a lot, Lisa and I did, as we were reading through all these different book proposals. One, I don't think this will be shocking to anyone. And it was amazing to see it happen. But the themes of anxiety and depression and mental illness are so, it's such a reality for so many people right now. And it is something that people are trying to figure out, how do I live with an anxiety disorder? How do I live with depression and still please God, you know? And so that was a really huge um, theme that we saw a lot. The other one that we saw a lot of um, was this idea of, and we were actually just talking to some friends on our front porch about this, but how social media has changed our world and the way that we see Mm. ourselves and this striving for wanting to, and I think it's always been there because it's in human nature. We want to be noticed. We want to be significant. But the way social media has entered into our lives, and it's so in the front of our faces all the time. Because of this like constant, tangible approval. Yeah. But it's it's not real. Like me. Like me. Please like me. Like me. And that is another major theme that that we saw where people are struggling with that. How do we live as fully like healthy human beings in an environment Mm -hmm. where that Mm -hmm. is constantly biting at the back of our minds, you know? And I think, unfortunately, I think that's some of what induces that anxiety and depression. So it's this, you know, so lots of really the, the, these ladies, Annie, they're brilliant and God has done some amazing things in their lives. Um, and, I couldn't help but think the whole time, no matter what happens with these gals, whether they get a publishing contract or not, there's two things that I walked away from the whole experience with. One is God is a redeeming God. And every single one of those book proposals I read, I was like, wow, God, you are working. Like you, and there is no denying it. You are overcoming incredible addictions in people's lives, anxiety disorders. He is healing people, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that was like such a, I don't know, it was just such like life to my heart to read all those stories. The other thing is that whether messages, if you have a message, if we have listeners today who are like, should I write or should I tell someone words that create, draw out, encourage affection towards God, any, if any mm. of your words encourage mm. affection towards God, and in just one person, they're ne- it's never wasted. If yeah. it gives God glory in any way, shape, or form, your words will never, ever, ever be wasted. Like you are speaking soul to soul and glorifying our God. And so yeah. I think those were the, the two biggest things that I walked away with was like what a privilege it is to be able to hear these stories and what mm. a privilege it is to be able to breathe life into those stories and say, keep telling your story so that it yeah. will draw out affection towards God and other people. It's good, good stuff. I- I think for any of our friends that are listening that want to write books or write songs, Mac, mm-hmm. and they think, oh, man, I can't write a book about—I was going to write a book about social media, but now someone else has. Right. Or no, I no, was no. going to write a song about the Father's love, but now someone else has. Right. Like, Mac, will you talk a little bit about the the how the Holy Spirit kind of streams stuff together like that sometimes, that it's okay if someone else has already written a song about the thing you want to write a song about or yeah. someone else has already written a book about the thing you want to write a book about? I mean, one, I think that there are— like kingdom oriented themes that God is That's doing right. through the world. That's right. You know? And and so songs tend to rise in these like general themes sometimes. Um but also like, you know, worship music is such an interesting thing because it is all under this like kind of like one big umbrella of like exalting God. You know, yeah. talking about mm-hmm. who he is. You're all what doing he's done, the exact you know? same thing. So we are all doing kind of like <laughs> the same thing. And so it, it is it's tricky to try to find like, well, what are the hooks that make these songs different or set them apart? But the themes of them are so similar. Mm. And the themes of, I mean, just even take the word like victory, which is very big in worship right now. And and I don't even mind it because I think it's like, man, I love singing about victory. <laughs> I love singing yeah, about winning, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can even like just go down the list and see all the songs that just say, you know, we're victorious because of Jesus. Mm. And don't get tired of singing that or saying that, you know? And so I encourage anybody, like, press into it. I do think, and I think Meredith would say the same thing about a book, you do have to work hard at getting 
the hook that makes it different mm -hmm. or the, yes. the thing about the song that like actually does set it apart. Mm -hmm. But the themes and, and the kind of overarching umbrellas of what they're saying isn't going to be new. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's not nothing new under the sun. And so there's, you know, it's all going to be like woven together. Right. I tell people a lot that we all like we're all using the same ingredients in the kitchen. What makes yes. the what makes what people get to eat different is what the cook brings. Right. That's right. Like right. we That's you good. the three of us could we could all go, you know what, next year I'm gonna write a book about God's love. That's mm -hmm. so good. And and they and we're gonna have the same ingredients, but it is gonna taste totally different yep. from the three of us because of what we bring to it. That's, That's so, so good. good. Yeah, I love, I love that. Right? Meredith, are y'all going to open up boot camp again? Oh, yeah. We're opening up okay. registration in the spring. I'm, okay. Yeah. So we're excited, really excited. How we, do people find that? Just go to the bookproposalbootcamp.com and Brilliant. all the information is there. Really excited it. about it. I mean, it has been such a genuinely like a joy to my heart to see these incredible people who are anxiously stepping into the space to say, God, yeah. here I am. Here's my message. Um, yeah. If this is your time, take it and run with it. You know, it's good. Yeah. Mac, are you going to write books? No. It's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> unless she manipulates no. me. Unless she manipulates I know, me. You again. know, Annie, I might be praying that Mac Brock would write a book. <laughs> right, right. We just need to wait and see what happens. We'll know what Meredith's praying. We'll just, whatever you're praying right now in three years, we'll be like, well, Meredith prayed that. Oh, we gosh. knew she was praying that because now, Man. so it is. So it is. It's brutal. <laughs> Oh. Mac, talk about cafe sessions for a second, since it's the new one that everybody is spinning right now. What's the what's the story? Why why cafe sessions? Um, so par partnered with Worship Together on this one. Worship Together yeah. is like a resource, you know, in Nashville. They they resource a lot of churches and worship leaders, and I love what they do because they they're just all about like local church, helping worship leaders, and just trying to I don't know, just pour into them. And so this is kind of like a partnership with them of just wanting to do something that was a little bit quieter, a little bit simpler, and kind of just stripped back, uh, almost as like a follow-up to space. It's not all the songs on the album space, and, and some of it is just other songs that I've released, you know, over the past year and a half or so. But yeah. just wanted, I don't know, there's a lot of loud moments on space, and we wanted to have a, an album that was a little bit quieter. You know, and you know, that's what I loved about space, though. I felt like it was like in my soul. Yeah. Oh, I love I it. I love it, it about so space, big. too. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I, I love, love things loud <laughs> a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Me but too. I, also, I mean, I would put space on and like open my outdoor porch windows and be like, sorry, <laughs> or doors. I'd be like, sorry, every neighbor. We're all listening to space. Love that. Um, love it. But I also, you know, I'm also drawn. I, I love those kind of strip back moments. And, and that's going even back to what we have experienced in quarantine is we've had to do a lot of that draw, stripping you know, stripping back, things yeah. back, simplifying yeah. things. And so much of the worship that I was doing, whether it was on like Zoom calls or whether it was, yeah. you know, I've done like worship for chapel at my kid's school on Zoom. Yeah. And oh. there's been a lot of stuff like brutal. that. And, it, and it's, and it is hard and it's, and it is brutal. And it's not like, the best vibe, but that doesn't change what we're doing. Right. It doesn't right. change the fact that like, all right, we're worshiping God right now. Like we're actually physically speaking to God, mm -hmm. the things that we love about him. And so I think just even that mentality, it's, uh, it's shaped a lot of the way that I've personally worshiped in 2020. And so wanted to have a, a project that even represented that. I love it. And it's available everywhere. People can just available everywhere. buy it wherever they want to buy it. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. Uh, and will you get to tour this year? I hope. Uh, we don't know. It's all on pause. <laughs> we'll see. I think same, yeah, same. everyone's a little What about so you? I mean, on. Annie, do you get to tour this year? I mean, everybody puts things on the calendar and then wipes it right back off. <laughs> That's right. So I don't know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of on holds on the calendar. Yeah, of like, <laughs> I have a ton of Sky Miles from canceled flights that I've booked Same. and canceled in the last Same. year. So yeah. Let's go I mean, somewhere just, great when this is all over I know. with. Huh? I'm just, I mean, I want to. I'm sure you do too, Mac. Like, I, I just... I want to see people oh, and I yeah. want to do, I mean, I love tour life. Mm. So I'm hoping that we get to do it. Yeah. Mm. I'm definitely, I'm, I do travel some, uh, like I said, where it's like one-offs or it's like yeah. churches that are half capacity or some churches are even like meeting outside 
Um, and yeah. so I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And I'm yeah. grateful that I've gotten to lead worship in a room or in a place with people and actually hear yeah. other voices singing. But who knows what it's going to look like for the rest of the year. I know. Y'all, I just uh, think the world of you. Thank you for making time to do this today. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? We didn't talk about you being in Target and how awesome that is. That is a big deal. (laughs) That's amazing. That is really really awesome. I love it. Super awesome. We're We're so excited for you. I'm going to go to the Target like I do every day, and I'm (laughs) going to go find your book. I'm going to be like, She's going to pick out her next wardrobe. That's right. I was going to say, you're going to get some new clothes, and I'm going to be like, how did I not see that? It looks so good on Mare. (laughs) You need to start one of those Target accounts where we get to, like, see you buy the thing. And be like, of course, those jeans with that sweater. (laughs) Okay, well, the last question we always ask, Mm. because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what y'all are doing for fun. Oh, no, I'm supposed to fix it. Someone corrected me just the other day. I'm saying it wrong. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. That's how I'm supposed to ask the question. Like, what sounds fun right now? Or what I was going to say, because right now I really miss traveling with my family. It's one of my yeah. most favorite yeah. fun things to do. And so yeah. we I just booked an Airbnb for our kids' spring break in March in, in at the beach in Charleston. Yeah. And that sounds really fun, yes. Annie. We yes. haven't done anything like that in like a year. So yes. that sounds fun. That's uh, a good answer. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that. That's like the biggest thing. We We took a trip last year right before the world shut down to Disney World with the kids, and it was the best. Yeah. And... We really haven't, we haven't done, done anything, anything since. like that with our kids since. So we're right. looking forward to that. Yeah. Sounds Good super answers. Fun. Well done. Um, y'all, I love you. Thank you for we this love you. and for your friendship. Y'all, what what they don't know listening is how much y'all mean to me in real life. It's just, I'm so, no, you're the so best. thankful. You guys, aren't they just the best? Oh my gosh. I just love them so much. Like their wisdom and their courage and I just love the way they are loving others really well through music, through family, through what Meredith is doing with Compel Books. I just am, yeah, I'm so impressed with them. Hey, make sure you're following Mac and Meredith so you can tell them thank you for being on the show. And be sure you grab a copy of Spaces and Mac's new EP, Cafe Sessions. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, T-S-F, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Have a great week. And we'll see you back here on Thursday with Jason and Tay Brown. You guys, an NFL player turned farmer. Yeah, you're going to love this story. We'll see y'all on Thursday. Thursday.